0: We're back from Nashville, from Tennessee, from the good old retreat, bringing you another episode of Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey, a podcast brought to you by myself, Jason Courtney, the host, and as always in the studio, my co-host, Mr. Olin Hyde. Mr. Olin, what is
1: your favorite part about Tennessee? Tennessee. Wow. That's a... I've been there a lot, but I've never thought about that. I'm going to have to say... The mountains.
0: I, I'd agree. That beautiful, beautiful view. Yeah. We didn't get which, to really appreciate you that, in Nashville. that in Nashville. But yeah. They did have good music, but yeah, you get a, uh, you head over to the west, or I'm sorry, the east portion of
1: yeah Tennessee. Chattanooga yeah. and all of that area. Lookout
0: Hill, Lookout Falls and yep. Ruby Falls, Lookout Mountains, yeah. something. You know, yeah. We've been there once or ways. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting back from Tennessee. We're in studio drinking some mictors sour mash um we picked this bottle up while we were in louisville kentucky for a conference we were at a couple months ago and it's their small batch sour mash and it is distilled obviously by mictors at 43 percent alcohol by volume or 86 proof so it's going to be really soft yeah uh, so
1: Buffer so, than what we're used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not so
0: burny. Um, but yeah, we're really excited. This was uh, a good pickup for us while we were there. Um, it has uh, it says, it is distilled. This whiskey is made according to our classic sour mash method with small amounts of previously fermented mash used as a starter for the new mash. It is then further mellowed by our signature filtration. And while we were in uh, Tennessee, we uh, went to the... Old Smoky Distillery, and uh, which is partnered with—it's not—I don't know how their organization structure works, but it's a sister company to Yeehaw Brewing, um, which is only sold in Tennessee. They do not export it to any other state, but uh, they are working on opening up another one in Virginia. So soon, Virginia will have it, and I think that's kind of their plan is for distribution. But we got to go and see how the uh, Old Smoky uh, was made uh, which was really cool So we got to see some of the bubbling of the the yeast and the, yeah the fermentation how the big fir- are their vats i don't remember it was pretty large hundreds yeah. of gallons but um the, and they I showed it the, by day like so you saw the first day and like every once in a while you'd see like this weird bubble like pop almost three. and then they showed like a couple days later and it's like almost looks like waves in an ocean mm-hmm. and he's like there's nothing happening under the water there's no like jets blowing it around it's literally just the chemical
1: reaction between
0: the yeast and the sugar the sugar yeah. like i was like that's really cool so. yeah
1: so at jim beam they were like you never stick your head over that because there's just so much carbon dioxide coming off from the fermentation and they were like you'll pass out
0: yeah they let us hold our hand I don't know if we're supposed to tell you guys this. (laughs) Let's hold our hand over it because it's still got to be filled. uh, What is it called? Uh, uh, Stilled. Stilled. So it's not that important that it stays like uber clean. Um, But say let's hold our hand like two inches off of the the brew and fill the heat. Yeah, it's like ninety five degrees. He said or ninety four. It's it is temperature controlled because yeast doesn't work above. I think he said ninety four degrees. So if it gets to ninety four, there's actually a cooling ring mm-hmm. a lot of people think it's a heating ring it's not it's cool it has cool water that flows through it to um bring lo- to bring down. the mash down because if it gets above that the yeast will stop activating and then it'll ruin the whole batch so yeah. learned a lot on that it was really cool enjoyed that an interesting uh process
1: yeah science
0: yeah we'll have to I'll have to bring in that uh that blue flame it's like a 140 <laughs> proof and We'll just wreck our day. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's try a sip of this sour mash with our, uh, what? Uh, what's this? Well, we have Demerero syrup. Demerero syrup for the first time. Joe made it for us. Thanks, Joe. Shout out to you and the Scooters team. It's really good. The Demerero is really good, too. It is,
1: because we had that at the one place in Louisville. They yeah. had the old-fashioned with it, and it is delicious. And
0: that's how they make it down at the cigar
1: factory, so... Well, let's uh, let's spin
0: into our uh, our topic for today, which is the fear of feedback. And I did have Olin promise not to make feedback on the uh, <laughs> podcast right before he asked. He's like, I can make feedback since we're doing it. I'm like, no, no, nobody wants to have their ears bleed while they're listening in their car or with their AirPods in. So we're going to spare you from that. But we're talking about the fear of feedback. And this isn't just one-sided. This is two-sided. Feedback, man, people are just so afraid to receive it and afraid to give it. So we're going to talk through what that looks like. Why is everybody afraid? And then what are the benefits of receiving and giving feedback honestly and with good intent? Um. So for me, I like feedback. Uh, we had a time of question and answers with the senior leadership team from the corporate staff at Office Pride. and Headquarters staff. What I call corporate? Sorry. Sorry, Josh. I know you don't listen to this, but yeah. So our corporate staff, our senior leadership team was there answering questions. And one of the things that I asked for was more feedback on our performance for them. Like, so we have to input billing information and they do the billing for us. And I was like, while we were going through the billing Um, rebuild there was a lot of feedback and then afterwards it just dropped off and like we're either we're perfect now which i fail to believe is possible or they just quit giving us feedback as much and i was like hey i I really look for that feedback because that's the only way i know we can improve is when we get feedback if we don't hear any news it's like no good no news is good news which we all know is not true right
1: yeah yeah. no news is just no news it could be bad and you just don't know you don't know that's just uh, flying blind at that point you could be flying right into a mountain, or you could be good. You don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So you've taken on the role of interim president here at Office Pride as I start to focus on scooters and getting that first, first door underway, which requires you to give some feedback. You've done a couple of annual reviews and um, had some situations to handle. How... What's what's the temptation for you to to avoid the feedback? Is it the is it the just the confrontation and the
1: uneasiness? Well, I think or for for everybody, that's the first fear of giving feedback. It's the fear of conflict because if if you're not happy with how somebody's handling things, a situation or their their work performance in general, there's this fear that you know I don't want to go and tell them that they're doing a bad job because. I don't want to hurt their feelings, or I don't want them mad at me, or, you know, know, there's all those things that come into play when people are considering how they're going to give feedback to someone or whether they will or not. Um, And I mean, we obviously love our people who work for us. So there's definitely a fear there. But I've grown in that over the years where early on, I would be more hesitant. um, But now, I'm much less hesitant to give crystal clear feedback about this is acceptable or this is unacceptable, or here's where it needs to be improved. Probably I try to think more about like, how do I lead them to that and and motivate them as opposed to uh, demotivating them in that feedback process. But whether or not to give the feedback is not my, my battle anymore.
0: Right. It's just how.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And for me, that's hard. With Olin, because I'm like, hey, you got to get feedback. You got to get feedback. He's like, I am, I am, I am. And I'm like, I'm used to the Olin I worked for for Mark. <laughs> and uh, we jokingly called him Olin the Heartless back then. And he would, he would just rip you to shreds. And <laughs> he wasn't. See, I've matured a lot. See, but I still want that guy sometimes. <laughs> like, sometimes that's necessary. And you don't go there. And sometimes I wish you would just to show them. Like, people here, like, if you ask Casey, like, I'm the teddy bear. But like when she goes down, like yeah. and we didn't bleep that. I bleep myself because I don't want to explicit podcast when crap yeah. hits the fan. Like they know like, Oh crap. Jason has the potential to lose his mind. I don't think Linda listens to this. So I'll sell her out. She, we were walking through the hall and chatting earlier and she was on a phone call with her office door open and she shushed me <laughs> and I hate being shushed. I'm 35 years old. I don't need to be shushed like a child. Like, say, hey, I'm on a call. Can you keep it down? Sure. Like, But to be shushed is just demasculating and I feel like it's like... Uh, it's just it's not something but I see enjoy. that's the
1: whole point of my message like there's two ways to deliver the message right one yeah. demotivates you yeah and the other one you're like oh okay no problem. yeah so
0: then I responded poorly I was like hey I got an idea you got a door how about shut it and
1: I pulled her door to like an
0: asshole. So, well now we're gonna have an explicit episode so. <laughs> all right wheels are, off.
1: <laughs>
0: wheels are off the bus folks <laughs> oh so yeah um uh, well this is uh this is
1: Right, let me make a note here. Paul, Mark, it's not.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We do have to mark it as explicit per SEC guidelines. But yeah, so feedback is good. And if I don't go back and tell her that, like, irritates me, she'll probably do it again and I'll get irritated. Um, one of the best uh, feedback I ever got from Mark was uh, we had a receptionist named Sam that would ask every time I was leaving the office, hey, where are you going? Like, none of your dadgum business. I'm the director of operations. I don't answer <laughs> to you is what I want to say, right? Like. And that's how frustrated I would get. I feel that way. And so I told Mark, I'm like, man, if she doesn't quit asking me that. He goes, Jason, do you care if she knows where you're going? I'm like, no, but why does she have to ask? He's like, well, don't give her the opportunity to ask. Just be like, Hey Sam, I'm headed across the way to visit Frank over at Durnford, or Hey, I'm headed up to 29 to visit our customer. Like just tell her, don't give her the chance to ask and make you mad. And I'm like, Oh, huh, that yeah. is good feedback, right? Like, but I, because I was scared to give her feedback of, hey, this really annoys me when you do that. And now I've become the Michael Scott of of office pride. And I'll just tell you, like, hey, this seems really stupid to me. Or, hey, <laughs> I think this is a horrible idea. Why yeah. are you doing this? And the lucky part for me is everybody knows it comes from a place of love, not hate. Like, I'm not trying to tear one another. Like, I'm not trying to tear other people down. So when I do it and it comes across poorly, they're like, eh, he means well. He
1: just... <laughs> Didn't think that through all the way. <laughs> uh, I love that you're just claiming that now that you've you stopped guys fighting put that it. on
0: me. And I, you know, the more I watched it, the more I love that guy. And I'm just okay with it. Like he did care, he was an idiot. I am an idiot at times. There's one
1: business you'll never go out of that's the people business.
0: And I firmly believe that. Um, you know, we are definitely in the people business. The better we treat our employees, you know, part of the reason we rewrote the mission statement to positively impact people in workplaces.
1: And, but, and, and, you know, it, it's changing to not only just in our, our organization, but in the workplace in general, that like the tradition was, you know, you had your annual review and that's when you got you know, most of your feedback about your work performance from the previous 12 months. And, you know, people want that much more often. And we're on the um, EOS platform for woo-hoo. our business. We haven't done it as well, but we're really trying to start executing well on quarterly, quarterly conversations with our, our direct reports so that we are giving that higher level structured feedback in a, a more routine way. So they're getting it four times a year instead of one.
0: Well, yeah, it's really hard to think all year you're doing a good job. And then you get to the annual review and like, look, you really suck at this, 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 and this. Like, if you don't get your act together, you're gone. You're like, I thought this whole year I was doing well, like, why couldn't you have come to me before now to tell me these things? And so that's where the quarterly conversations come from. Like, Hey, we really need you to focus on this. We really need you to focus on this. And I'm just a big, uh, big proponent on clarity. And I think that helps everyone in the organization. Like I remember I sent Casey an email yesterday at our same page meeting and I said, Hey, will you look into these awards and see which one we should apply for? And she sent me a list back, and I was like, "Oh, I totally worded that wrong." So I went back in and I said, "Hey, I worded this wrong. Can you get us applied for these? Like, (laughs) I'm not looking to pick up work." Like, uh, and she's like, "Oh, well, I can't write this portion." I'm like, "Well, if you'll fill out the rest, and then get with Olin. Like, Olin's a very good wordsmith. Yeah, he can
1: word it up." But you know, it's so true because, and even in my family, we deal with this feedback, right? Because there's times where. I think I'm giving very clear signals of what is acceptable behavior or not, you know, and my middle child, Elski will do something, and I'm like, uh, uh, no, uh, uh. and then she keeps doing it, and I was like, okay, I'm sorry. When I do that, that <laughs> means stop that behavior that you're doing at that moment, like that, you know, because I'm realizing, like, she's like, no, what? What do you mean? What do you want me to, what? And she just keeps doing this behavior. And I'm like, okay, let me clarify what this feedback for you means.
0: And clarity and feedback means all the world. Because once again, communication is a two-way street. So we were teaching while we were in Nashville and like communication is not just dictating, right? Like it's not just telling someone Mm -hmm. something it's them, the process of them understanding it as well. And that's what we have to realize is in the communication of our, our correcting or in the, communicating or our frustration is not just for us to feel better, but for them to understand and figure out how to resolve it. Right. So make sure that they're understanding the feedback. Like you were just talking about, she, if she's not getting the, uh uh. Mm, yeah. like <laughs> cut it out. Yeah. Like, like sometimes you have to say, Hey, when you do this, it bothers me. Yeah. Like I need you to know that. Like I know you're not trying to hurt my feelings or trying to do this, but it does. So if you can not do that, I'd
1: appreciate it. And one area that, I don't know, you know, we, again, talking about what we just taught at the retreat and then thinking about what I do at home that we, we don't do real well. And I'm thinking about this now and I'm like, I'm going to start making sure I do this is when you get feedback asking for what did you hear me say? Yeah. Because I have to do that with the kids at home all the time. Like, I'm talking to them and you can tell in their eyes and in their body language, like they're not listening. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, like What did I just say? You know, and they go, oh, I don't remember. And it's like, yeah, you don't remember because you weren't, weren't listening. listening. <laughs> Which is funny because
0: we were just talking with our financial advisor. We had a meeting this morning and we we're talking about some reviews and stuff. And I was like, you know what they say, those that can't do teach. So <laughs> for us, it makes sense that we were on stage teaching because <laughs> <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we're not the best at doing that. So, yeah making sure they understand is a huge part. Like I said, if I don't ever go back and address that with Linda, it's liable to happen again. And it's not anybody's fault, but my own, like it's not her fault for shushing me again, even though I showed my butt and was like, Hey, like she doesn't know that that bothers me.
1: She might've picked up on that. Well, one thing we have as a company gotten better at, you know, two years ago, she would have shushed you. It would have annoyed you. Mm -hmm. And rather than address it, she would have been, uh, you know, doing something you would have been like in shh, shh, trying to teach her like passively, aggressively, like, hey, this is rude. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, we have gotten better at that. So, yeah,
0: fear of feedback for me is, like I said, it's not just us giving it, but sometimes people are afraid to get it. So we we do this NPS now net promoter score um, for our current customers. And sometimes I'm afraid to click on the link to see what we <laughs> scored like.
1: Even though for the most part. <laughs>
0: It's for the most positive. part, we we've gotten we've gotten good scores. There's been a few low scores mm-hmm. and they've ended up canceling and like that's the frustration for me is I'm
1: like, hey, we knew they weren't happy and we did jack nothing about it. Like what Well, the last one we did try to do something, but we made it worse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah which is even more frustrating, but you know Yeah. Such is life, right? But for us, it's like getting that feedback sometimes we're worried about like I have anxiety like if somebody's like, Hey, I need to talk to you later which is what I just did to Joe, like, Hey, I've got this new assignment for you. She's like freaking out right now. She is probably, she's like, Oh Lord. Oh my God. Yeah. Like what's going to happen. I'm so worried. Like, and which is the same thing. Like someone tells me, Hey, we need to talk about something. Okay. Let's talk about right now. Well, well, we can do it later. Like, no, I won't stop thinking about you saying we need to talk until we talk. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way. You know, it's that fear of, of what's going to, what's, yeah, what's the feedback. You
1: may be letting them build up things that aren't the case at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Like, Oh geez, are they going to fire me? What's happening? Like, and instead just saying, Hey, I've got some good things I want to talk to you about uh, that we're going to have you do in the meantime. Like, then it's like, Oh, okay. It's not a bad conversation. <laughs> so it's uh, interesting though. Cause you know, I, like I said, I think the first, mistake with feedback is is that fear of conflict you know two we've kind of talked about being clear in it um and then three we just talked about you know getting it, it's two-way street right making sure they understand the feedback that we're not saying something and we think they're understanding it and they're hearing it completely different than the, the intent
0: yeah because you know once again if they're not understanding it you're not okay, you feel better, but it's still going to be an issue down the road. And then you're going to be more frustrated because like we talked about this and you're like, well, I didn't understand what you're saying.
1: And then, you know, I'd say that the fourth thing and we're hit or miss on this is the follow up. Yeah. Cause you know, giving feedback, making sure they understand it's one thing, but then following through to make sure it's just like annual reviews companies, you know, sit down, they give you your feedback and they may have an action plan. Hey, here's what we want you to do in the next 12 months to improve but then there's no follow-up until the next annual review. Um, and that's where I'm excited for our quarterly conversations to try to help fill that void of follow-up is, hey, we had your annual review. Here's our first quarterly conversation. How How's that going? You know, we said we wanted you to, to take this course or we wanted you to improve in this area. Like, how's that going? Do you need more from me? Like, yeah. Or did you forget about that or... You know. Yeah,
0: because what gets talked about gets executed. So Rory Vaden spoke, and you know that was what gets measured, gets done. Like the, all yeah. those things are true, and it's like like we were talking about with the the mentor program. Like we're not tracking it very well. We've got Caleb like working through a leadership program, and like, hey, we need you to work on your leadership, and and but we're, are we tracking it? Are we holding him accountable to it? Not really, because it's not it's one of those hard things to track. It's not like he can. Mm-hmm. say hey yeah i spent two
1: hours this week working on my leadership abilities like yes but it's it's a uh, and the same thing like with the mentor and coaching program that we have i don't want to add more work to the supervisors and stuff because it's like okay well we could track this but now we got to have them create you know some sort of oh i need you to log every time you visit this employee or touch the, you know text them or call them or you know it's like is that really what we want and it's like not really. We, that's not what we're going for. We're wanting. It's almost like churches. Like we're wanting more of an organic thing. Like either churches are really good at welcoming people in when they're a first time guest or they're not. Yeah. And in, in adding, Hey, how many guests did you walk into the nursery as a metric? Isn't going to make the church better.
0: You know, it might, it might just, dis- it might discourage people from volunteering to help with that for sure. But I think it could improve it because now they know, hey, this is an expectation, right? Yeah. So it's it's hard because they do have a lot of responsibilities already. They have a lot of work on their plate. But once again, what gets measured gets done, what gets talked about gets executed. Like we have to make sure like when's the last time and obviously you did it this week because the, the book they're reading through together talked about mentoring. But outside of that, when's the last time we talked about the mentorship program? When's the last time we- We, we
1: launched it and then we talked about it one time. And then, cause like, the book, yeah. So they
0: get a, they get a, they get a bonus, nice bonus, right? Based off like of, when's yeah. the last time we looked at when that was awarded and went out and said, Hey, congratulations on mentoring this employee. They're still with us. We, you know, like that's something that we could do and try
1: to do right now. On you know, something. That's,
0: yeah. That's something that, that Dave or Caleb could go out and just like, Hey, congratulations. Mm-hmm. They made it to the six month mark. Like we're, we're super happy with that. And thank you for being a good mentor. And once again, it's feedback to the mentor. They know they're doing a good job or, Hey, none of the people that you're mentoring have made it past six months. So you're not doing something. (laughs) Let's have a different conversation. right? Like so, but I mean, that's so true. Like what if we started looking at, Hey, out of the mentors that we have, who has made, who has the best percentage, who has the worst percentage? How do we get one to be like the other? And so there's all these metrics that matter that I mean, we could literally probably have a full-time analyst that just studies the analytics, but.
1: Data, that's a whole, that's what we need to talk about. data? No, no. Like how to. Yeah, the importance and how to gather it and how to make it not a a burden. Because we've done really well, I think, as a small business, but there's still so much more data that we just aren't even able to tap into that would propel us to new heights that we couldn't even imagine if we had some of the capabilities of the of big data.
0: Yeah. And that's where, you know, we've gotten better at it with the, the 90 app and making sure like our technology is up to date with the proposals and the, um, uh, what is it? The CRM. CRM um, yeah. Yep. Customer relations manager. Sometimes I'm not so good with acronyms, so I always have to check with Olin.
1: Sorry, I was finishing up. Yeah, my no, uh, you're good. There, because we're at the, the end of the episode. Yeah, the
0: CRM, you know, for f- tracks the the activities, the, the follow-up from the salesperson, things like that. So there's definitely, we can definitely probably do another whole podcast on that. Um But for us, feedback is important. Like I said, you can't make a change if you don't know something's wrong, just like in your marriage, just like in business, just like with your kids. You can't expect different results if you keep doing the same thing. So we want to make sure we give feedback. We want to make sure we accept feedback, be open to it, be honest with it. And if you do that, I think you'll see positive results going where you want to be. Absolutely. So we appreciate you guys joining us for another episode of Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey. You can reach out to us on Facebook or through our Gmail, oldfashionedworkingwhiskey at gmail.com.
1: We'll see you next time. Old Fashioned Out.